going on, everybody? Welcome to a special MLB season preview edition of Wavelengths. I am Stephen Heimers, joined with Kyler Huffman and Justin Turpin. After what I thought was a disappointing, obviously delayed, condensed 2020 season, it never really seemed to get off the ground. By the time baseball came back, all the other sports were kind of back and it kind of got put on the back burner. So it never really got its full shine that I enjoy the April, May, June, July, August of it just being baseball. So it never really got its fair shake in 2020, like a lot of things. But this year, hopefully a full season, a little bit different than last year, no universal DH, but a lot to look forward to. I want to start with you, Justin. What excites you most for this upcoming season? Getting back to 162-game season. I mean, you can't see any frauds. You know, this is a, a fraud detectant kind of it's you're not gonna see any frauds. There's not gonna be teams, you know, that go on a play well in the beginning of the half of the season and then suck for the back half. It's not gonna happen anymore. We're back to the 162 game season. But I just want to backtrack to what you said. And I just want to say the MLB missed out on a great opportunity. You know, they could have been the only sport playing in dirt when everything shut down with the pandemic. Instead, everyone resulted to watching UFC. So they missed a great opportunity, golden opportunity there for the MLB. They didn't capitalize on. Tyler, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to some of the new rivalries. The uh, the Padres and the Dodgers, especially. That one's going to be great. Um, a lot of young stars there, and other divisions too. Just the the inner division, the rivalries. It's going to be great. That leads me to the first topic I want to talk about. The NL West is going to get a lot of eyes on it this year. West Coast time. It's going to be a little tougher for guys like me on the East Coast to watch as often. But that's that's where we're going to be locked in the entire season. L.A., San Diego. San Diego did a lot, like a lot, a lot. They did just about everything they could to still, I think, finish second in the NL West, probably by at least 10 games, if I had to say right wow, now. Wow, that, that much of a gap, huh? For sure. I think the Dodgers easily win 100, 100 plus. I Padres will get 90, but I think it's going to be a 10 game gap. And you know, that's the thing is the Dodgers were just such a good team and they only got better. You know, as good as the Padres got by far the most aggressive team and probably had the best free agency in all of baseball. But the Dodgers are just that much better than the rest of the league that no matter what they did, it just wasn't good enough to top what the Dodgers have. And again, the Dodgers just got better too. Yeah. And, I, and, and growing up uh, in the New York, New Jersey area, I'm a Mets fan. I have a lot of friends that are Yankees fans. How the Dodgers have been able to navigate this Yankee style of the salary cap. I don't understand. I, there I, is no way this much talent should be on a 26 man roster and be compensated fairly with Trevor Bauer, obviously making 40 million. I, I don't know how they do it. Who who's behind this, but I, I just don't understand it. Kyler, I did cut you off. I want to let you say what you have. That's okay. Yeah. Just to add on to that. They have three MVPs now with uh, Kershaw, Bellinger and Mookie. They have three Cy Youngs with Kershaw as a multiple side, multiple times Cy Young winner. And now Trevor Bauer and David Price is coming back. And that doesn't even include Walker Bueller. That doesn't include Corey Seager, Max Muncy on offense. The team is just unbelievably stacked. 
And, you know, that's the thing that I always loved about baseball. You know, we never saw super teams. You look at the, what was the 20, 2012, 2011 Red Sox when they had Adrian Gonzalez, Carl Crawford, and all, all these big names. They sucked. They were literally the worst team in baseball. And, you know, it's like you never saw super teams in the MLB. You know, people were saying, oh, the Yankees might have one when they had Sanchez and Judge never really amounted to anything. They haven't been to a World Series yet. But then the Dodgers, they had David Price and Mookie Betts. I mean, they just got so much. And now they get power. And now it is a super team. Something about the West Coast and super teams. I, I, I don't like it. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, it, just the whole, the whole everything around Bauer, the where's he going to go, all this trying to make himself the face of baseball, which I respect immensely because – in a sport that's so hungry to have the players promote themselves, he wanted to do it. He took it upon himself. And every time he thought of something innovative and maybe a little edgy, Rob Manfred would come down on him and be like, nope, can't do that, even though it's not really a rule. But for you, it's going to be a rule. So I think him in Los Angeles, they have all the pressure in the world. World Series defense behind them, they have all the eyes on them. So his antics... I'm interested to see how it's portrayed because if he throws the ball over the wall and center at Dodger stadium, that's going to be a little different than when he did it in coffee. Right. You know what I mean? And I love that you bring that up, Steven. Didn't he announce his uh, going to the Dodgers via YouTube? If I'm not mistaken, he did it on YouTube. Did he not? Yeah. And then he released like all the Mets merchandise and he was like, Oh, I did that by accident, but yeah, yeah. he was doing so. <laughs> I like that you brought that point up. Yeah, it, it, it was a weird one, but it was something different. And we were talking about baseball when we probably wouldn't have been in the middle of the winter. So I appreciate right. him for that. So Kyler. Either way, he was going to be. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, either way, he was going to be in a huge media market, either with the Mets or the Dodgers. And no matter which one, just the the city the, the vibes of the city and the huge media market is just perfect for him and for the sport because baseball really needs that right now. They need a showboat type of guy. Yeah. You know, they don't really have one of these guys kind of like, I don't know, like, like a Juju Smith-Schuster from the NFL or something like that. Not, not to the nature of Juju because that's just obnoxious. But, I mean, the MLB, they need someone like that. They need a guy that's open and that's uh, kind of just more relaxed, I guess, per se. I mean – with the media and everything else. And I, I think he's the perfect guy for it, especially in, in LA. I agree. I, I totally agree with you, Justin, because there's this stigma around baseball and it being a gentleman's sport and all the unwritten rules, the unwritten rules when it comes to play, I, I like, and that's a part of the game that is a lost art in a way in 2021. So I, I do like those, but you're absolutely right. There is no personality in baseball ever like Trevor Bauer there is no one that actively wanted to be the face. We all wanted it to be Mike Trout, but then the media would tell us it was Bryce Harper, but Bryce Harper didn't want it. And Mike Trout was never on a contending team to really be the face. So Trevor Bauer, like it or not, has put himself in a situation where he kind of has to be in a way, at least for pitchers. I don't want to talk about offense because that's a little bit different every day versus every five. But when you think of pitchers in baseball, Talent or not, Trevor Bauer is probably one of the top three you think of. Absolutely. For sure. So we talked about Trevor Bauer. Kyler, I want to ask you, what did you think of all the moves the Padres did and how will that maybe eat into the Dodgers' success a little? 
I think that mostly what they did was send a message that they don't they don't care that the Dodgers seem to be the best team in the league because they're going to compete no matter what. They're not going to take the next few years off and wait for their farm system to develop and for those guys to get there. They're going to compete right now. I kind of compare it to what the Houston Rockets did during the Warriors dynasty. The Warriors were the best team in the league with the Rockets just kept adding, adding talent and competed with them no matter what. So this might be a different outcome, especially with that pitching staff that the Padres have will be great for them in the playoffs when Clevenger comes back. So I think it was all about sending a message, even if they're not going to win right this coming year. Justin, I want to ask you something that I was talking about before. How close of a gap is there between the two teams and how's it going to be in September standings wise? That's a great question. I mean, it'll depend on, you know, it'll t- depend on a lot. Injuries, whatnot. I mean, the, the Padres went all in this offseason. Like I said earlier, the most aggressive team by far. And they made some great additions. And, you know, there's going to be a lot to look at, you know. I mean, that Dodgers team just, it's rich with talent. So much talent from the janitors to the to the outfielders and the starting pitcher. Everyone on that, in that organization can play baseball. And they can do it very well. Uh, it's going to be interesting. I think the Padres are still a younger team, but they must think they can win now. If they went and spent all that money and they were so aggressive, they must think, you know, this Dodgers team isn't what everyone thinks it is. Yeah, and I think it's interesting because I think the Padres were a year ahead of schedule last year. Obviously, with the shortened season, it kind of, I don't want to say it was false, but now they're locked into being a contending team. But 2019, they showed some promise. And then with Machado, obviously, he had that opt-out after five years. So if it didn't work out, he could have just left. I think if they didn't do as well as they did last year, Hosmer, too, he's owed a lot of money. And if it didn't work out, they could have realistically been rebuilding, maybe not this year, but next year and the year after for sure, if it didn't work out. But now they have Tatis, who obviously, talking about face of baseball, he's one of them for sure. Machado seems to like it in San Diego a lot. Hosmer played well. And now just the, the talent they have throwing the ball for them is ridiculous. And the way that they acquired it for cents on the dollar we were talking about the Dodgers salary cap, how they negotiated these deals with opposing rival GMs. I don't, I don't get how they got all those guys. And that's just the crazy thing about baseball. If you look back at the Chris Archer trade a couple of years ago, it's crazy. You know, that that's the type of things that happen. I mean, got adding guys like Blake Snell. I mean, this team, they're going to be good. The Padres are going to be good. It's just, how big that gap is going to be, only time will tell. And again, another thing I like about this 162-game season is, you know, last year I feel like there's some teams that gave up. My hometown, Boston Red Sox, you know, not a great season for us, not a great season at all. And I think they kind of gave up towards the end. You know, you started seeing names you don't even know. I'm like, who is this guy? I've never even heard of him. They just – they signed him up from single A, not even double A or triple A. Like, I don't know who this guy is. And, you know, I, I – think that's a good thing is that there won't be teams giving up you know teams will be fighting to the end I mean you don't want to 162 games it's it's a marathon you know you go from April to early October I mean early April to October in some cases close to November so there's there's a lot of there's a lot of games to be played and that that's going to be interesting teams not giving up there won't be necessarily bye weeks if that makes sense by series 
Yeah, and I think an interesting point to be made off of that is unlike past years, I would really say there's only three teams that aren't in any shape to contend the the Rockies, the Pirates, the Royals, eh, a little bit. They're just they're just going for lighter. That's that's all they want. They want right. their uh, franchise pitcher. But this is a, a wide open uh, across the board. ALNL, just the talent is so evenly spread out. It seems, except for like the I'm not sure geographically in California how f- close and what part of the state LA and San Diego are. But a lot of the talent went there. But other than that, across the 50 states, it's pretty well dispersed. Right. Right. So NL West, obviously very compelling. Another division that's going to have a lot of eyes is the NL East. Kyler, who do you like coming out of the East? I still like the Braves coming out of the East. They they were so close to making the World Series. They had that three to one lead in the NLCS and they've gotten better. They added Charlie Morton in free agency and uh, their ace pitcher is going to come back um, hopefully soon by the end of April. And the, the Mets, of course, you have to talk about the Mets, have gotten so much better with Francisco Lindor and all those pieces that they added. And I also love the Nationals this year. I'm much higher on them than a lot of people are, but I still think the Braves in 162 games are the best team out there. Justin, I'm curious what you think of, I think that there's four teams that realistically could win it. Um, Depending on how they play in the division, it could be very close, but I think that there's four teams that could win it. Do you share a similar sentiment? I do agree. I think everyone but the Marlins is in contention and, you know, Steven, like you said, being a Mets fan, I like the Mets. I do like the Mets uh, to win the NL East. And I think they got a lot better, obviously, with uh, Lindor and uh, Carrasco. They, they did get a lot better. And uh, they also they still got a great pitching staff. And I really like what the Mets are doing. Uh, I actually like the Mets to win the NL East. I obviously want to say the Mets, you know, allegiances aside. Atlanta is interesting. They didn't get any worse. They reloaded. They have about the same team, and they obviously have been kings of the division for a couple of years. Washington's interesting. Washington, I feel like they're going to underpromise and oversell. Be, but then again, you, you never really know, because I feel like their offense is there, but Juan Soto can only do so much. So that, that'll be an interesting team to watch. And then the Phillies. I don't know what you're going to get with them. On paper, they're probably the second best team. I might put the Braves a little ahead of them, but they should contend. But there's just been some disconnect. And Joe Girardi wasn't able to tap into it with the shortened season. But Philadelphia, if they get it all right and put it all together finally, I think that they can maybe not win the division, but definitely be a pain in the side for the teams that are contending for the crown. And last year, Philadelphia had one of the, if not the, best offseason in baseball and there's really nothing to show for it you know they really they really were underwhelming yeah it's it's interesting how long they'll be able to deal with the underwhelming seasons and no playoff appearances and money and they obviously brought in Girardi who thought he'd write the ship but it it just 
something about Philadelphia, it always seems like every few years they go through this patch where something doesn't go right. And then they think they finally get it, but then they really didn't. It was just like a patch on a leaky situation. So I think this could be the year that they put it all together for sure. I want to talk now about the NL Central in a division that it seems like nobody has wanted to win really the past few years. Every year, one team makes a big move and then another team tries to one-up them and back and forth. This year, obviously, Nolan Arenado goes to St. Louis, joins an already prolific offense led by Paul Goldschmidt. I think that they have the best chance and will win the division. So I'm curious what you guys think about that. I like the White Sox. You know, I think the White Sox, they also had a very good offseason. Um, obviously, adding Lance Lynn, Liam Hendricks, I mean, they, they had a great offseason. They have a great pitching staff. They were also pretty good last year. Uh, they made the playoffs and obviously got bounced early. But I like the White Sox. I really think they can show us something special this year. Tyler. Yeah, the White Sox are going to be definitely going to come out of the AL Central in my opinion, uh, for the NL Central, I think that it has to be the Cardinals. I mean, the the Cubs, the Cubs did make the playoffs last year, but that seemed more of a 60-game fluke than anything else. Not saying that they can't make the playoffs again this year, but the Cardinals are almost guaranteed, in my opinion. The, the Pirates aren't even close to being ready yet. And the Reds, the Reds offense struggled last year. And they didn't do much to address that. And they lost Trevor Bauer. So it, it just has to be the Cardinals, in my opinion. Yeah, Justin, I want to ask you about the Chicago Cubs because they're... I, I, I messed up the division. I was I was looking at the wrong set of notes. I apologize for that. I thought you said uh, something else. My bad. Not a problem. The Chicago Cubs have had their leftover World Series talent for a few years now, and they weren't able to get back to the World Series. But now they're in a weird situation. Chris Bryan is up soon, Anthony Rizzo, Wilson Contreras. What, what do you see the direction of this team being in 2021? I mean, with all, obviously all those guys coming to a close here with their contracts, I think they have to win. You know, nobody wants to play for a losing team, no matter what board is. And you know, if you want to be able to lock those guys up, then you got to win now. And it, it's a tough division to do so. And like you said, you know, they've kind of been stuck in that World Series hangover, if you will. They've had the leftover talent, really just haven't been able to piece it together. So I think it's going to be interesting. But I, I think if they start to, to fall behind track here, start to lose a couple of games, we could be looking at a different Cubs team really soon. Do you think it's a similar situation to the Yankees a few years ago where they had talent that other teams wanted? and then they sold him off, and the rebuild was almost done in the half and off season. So do you think that getting rid of Bryant and potentially Contreras on, on expiring deals could maybe lead them to a 2021 deeper run in the playoffs? I mean, an off season like that, like the Yankees had, you know, that quick kind of rebuild, those don't happen very often, those real quick re, uh, rebuilds. And I, I really don't think I can see it. You know, again, if it's a losing team, the Yankees have always kind of had that culture surrounding them that, you know, it's a team that players want to play for. And not to say Chicago doesn't have that, but I mean, I don't, do I think they get that lucky in, in the off season and kind of rebuild that quickly? I, I don't think so. 
Yeah, and Kyler, I kind of want to ask you a question now, but about David Ross. When he took this job last year, he probably thought it was the best thing ever. He's getting back together with his best friends. They're going to go back to the World Series this time. He's going to win one as manager. Didn't turn out that way. And in 2021, the future looks a lot bleaker. So for David Ross in the front office, is when do you kind of pull the plug and maybe start selling off some of the talent instead of trying to keep them? I think you have to wait to see how this upcoming season goes. I mean, if they're winning games with their with their core that's about to hit free agency, then you just try to get one last ride. Um, it, if you're nearing the trade deadline, the team clearly isn't going anywhere, then, I mean, Chris Bryant has gotten a lot of interest on the trade market recently. And you're right, it would, it would that's not what, what Ross wants to do, but for the future of the club, then if the team isn't performing well nearing the trade deadline, you're gonna have to pull the trigger on some of those guys that are nearing free agency. And it stinks because I feel like they should have been able to do a lot more with the wealth of talent that they had. Because most of the guys that they had are still there. Uh, Schwarber's not. uh, Arietta isn't. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone big, but a majority of them are still there. All that happened was that they got older and the teams around them tried to rebuild because they were obviously going after the champions. So it's been a weird thing. It's it's very similar to what happened to the Philadelphia Phillies when they won. And then more recently with the Royals who won in 2015 and still haven't had a winning season since. So I think Chicago has to be very aware and cautious that they don't fall down the same holes that those two teams did after World Series because both of them waited way too long to blow it up. And then when Kansas City did especially, they got nothing back. All their players just walked, and it's still cost them now six years later. And I think that Kansas City point's a great point. You know, they don't want to be the next Kansas City Royals. You know, they don't want to go from a World Series champion to a bottom feeder. And I I think that's a great point. I want to switch gears now to the American League West. Houston squeaked into the playoffs, obviously, after the cheating scandal. So nobody really wanted to see that. I think Oakland runs the division, but a very interesting team is the Los Angeles Angels. All the talent, Shohei Otani, Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, but they can't ever put it together. Now they have Chicago's old manager, Joe Madden, back in his second year. So I want to see what you guys think their potential is because I think they're a fringe wildcard team. I don't think they have the pieces or the pitching to contend with Oakland to win the whole thing, but I think they might squeak in as the second wildcard team. Right. Mike Trout and the angels, they haven't been to the playoffs since 2014. So it's been a long time coming in the ALS though. It's a, it's really a, it's a three team race and that is the Astros, the angels and the athletics thing to keep in mind though, is the athletics did lose some of their key players. I mean, Chris Davis, Liam Hendricks, Marcus Simeon. Teams are going to look a lot different. And, and as for the Astros, you know, losing George Springer, I mean, they are still absolutely loaded with talent. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, if there is another chance for Mike Trout and the Angels to squeak into the playoffs, it'd be this year. I mean, I'm not buying them to go out and win the division. I think I think this division still runs to Houston and Oakland. But I wouldn't write them off completely. I would, I would 
I would give them a fair shot to make the playoffs. I agree. I think they do have enough, probably not to win the division, but to make the playoffs. What they've done on their pitching staff, which has been their main weakness, is actually a little bit underrated, I think. They added Alex Cobb from the Orioles. They added Jose Quintana. And if Shohei Otani is healthy and he can give them a good game once a week, then Mike Trout and Rendon can carry this offense. If any, if anybody can, Mike Trout and Rendon can. So their pitching just has to be good enough. And they haven't had the talent to do that recently. But I think this year, it can be done. And I think it's really important that Otani stays healthy. And I really want to see it as a baseball fan. I really want to see this guy have a full season and see what he can do. All this hype around him. Yeah, could he pitches and bats, all of that. You know, he can do it all. And that's what this hype around him. But, I mean, I, as a baseball fan, I just really want to see him get a whole year, get a whole season to play. Yeah, I, I do want to save some of my thoughts on Shohei until we talk about awards. But I just want to leave it at this. He has to put it together. It, baseball, out of all the sports, is a very, what have you done for me lately? And at some point, they're going to have to, if he doesn't do both well, or at least above average, they're going to have to ask him to probably give up pitching because they need him on offense a little more than they need him in the rotation. It's a little better now, but it's still thin. But if, if one eats into the other, I think they'd rather have his bat than him on the mound. So I, one of the very. And another thing about him is I kind of would monitor the injuries. You know, if he keeps getting hurt through injuries, they're going to tell him to drop pitching. Like you said, they need him more on the offensive side than they do in the rotation. I mean, if he keeps getting hurt with his shoulders and whatnot, I think they could go out and say, all right, you know, let's shut you down from pitching. And another division in the American League I want to talk about is the AL East. The, at some point this season, Toronto Blue Jays, they might have to start in Buffalo or wherever the MLB puts them. Load it up. They gave everything to George Springer to take him away from Houston, take him away from his home on the East Coast, bring him up the border. It's a great move for them. They needed a big bat desperately. Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bo Bichette, Kavan Biggio, they are building for right now. This is a similar situation, I think, to San Diego. Just a little bit less eyes on them and a little bit less talent. So I, I'd call it uh, San Diego Padres Jr. in Canada, distant cousin, whatever you want to call it. I don't know if they have enough to beat the Yankees, though. So that's what I want to ask you guys. Are the Toronto Blue Jays a serious threat to come for the Yankees? The it ALB. Depends. The ALB. So go ahead, Kyler. I was just going to say that the entire division depends on how healthy the Yankees are. They have, they, have, they have all the offensive firepower anyone could want with Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Gary Sanchez, DJ LeMahieu. On pitching, they had some really good offseason additions on that end. And they they have it all. They have everything they need to win the division to win to win it all. But it really depends on their health. So the Blue Jays will be a big challenger to them, but it's gonna be up to the Yankees' health. Justin, right. go ahead. 
Right. And, you know, we saw it last year, you know, the Yankees help, obviously, the, the Rays going to the World Series, uh, largely because of the, the Yankees' inability to stay healthy. Uh, I don't think anyone can really compete with them, though. It feels like every single offseason, the Yankees just get better and better. And this offseason, obviously, they added Corey Kluber to their rotation. And they also re-signed DJ LeMahieu, which I think was the most important piece for them this offseason. I mean, this race for the AL East could be closer than what people think, but it, it's just hard to bet against the Yankees. I mean, this team, out inside and out, offensively and defensively, they are solid. And also, they hit a lot of home runs. And, you know, that's always fun. But I think, you know, I think the Blue Jays do give them a, give them a run for their money, though, just like the Rays did. Kyler, the only thing you mentioned that the Yankees or the thing you didn't mention that the Yankees have is 27 rings. Ask any Yankee fan ever. They love to bring that up. I know it very well. So I did just want to throw that in there because someone was going to say it. I'm glad it wasn't a Yankee fan. I just needed to say it. I would never mind. I wanted to get to awards very quickly. Corey Seager in the NL is getting a lot of love. I didn't expect it. I was reading about it today because of his spring training performance and his playoff run last year. He's getting a lot of love for that. I think the NL MVP is going to be one of the one of the better races in recent memories. You have a bona fide superstar in all three divisions in the NL, and I want to see who you guys think is going to take it home. I mean, I think the NL is a lot tougher to pick than the AL. I mean, the NL is absolutely loaded with talent. You got guys like Betts, Yelich, Fernando Tatis, but I like Juan Soto. You know, in just 47 games last year, he had 351 and knocked in 37 runs. I mean, when I look at when I look at MVP and whatnot, I mean, again, it's a 162 game season. I look for consistency, and that is exactly what Juan Soto brings. I like Juan Soto for the NL MVP. Another huge reason why Juan Soto might be a favorite. He's also my pick. Um, And the reason why he might also have a leg up on the other candidates is because a lot of the other candidates are on the same teams. On the Braves, you have Freddie Freeman and Ronald Acuna. On the Dodgers, you have Seager, Ballinger, and Mookie Betts. On the Padres, you have Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado. Christian Yelich is, he's kind of alone in that regard. But those guys kind of, they might not cancel each other out, but a lot of the credit for the team wins might be associated with their teammates. And Juan Soto has some good teammates, of course. He has Trey Turner, Josh Bell now. But I think most of the national success this year will go to Juan Soto. And in addition to the absurd numbers that I'm sure he's going to put up, then that'll be that'll work for him as well. Yeah, a guy who has gone his entire career not getting the love he deserves. Now he's playing in St. Louis. A lot of eyes going to be on him. I think Nolan Arenado's got to be right up there. It's a shame that he hasn't gotten the recognition because he's been on very bad teams playing there in mile high. I think that this year, if he plays the way Nolan Arenado does, obviously without the altitude in Coors Field, could influence his offensive stats at home a little bit. But I think he has a real chance to finally get some of the recognition and maybe get the hardware too. And I actually really am excited to see what he can do with St. Louis. NL Cy Young, a interesting race last year. Uh, The past few years, really. I'm curious to see what you guys think. Mine's going to be pretty obvious. I want to let you two talk about it. 
I'm going to go with your boy, Jacob DeGrom. I mean, it's hard not to pick this guy. He's averaged a 2.61 ERA, and he struck out 1,359 batters. I mean, the dude, again, I look for consistency in these, and he is as consistent as it gets. And he's won it twice in his in his career. I think this is the third time. I like DeGrom. DeGrom is clearly the favorite for good reason. I would also look for Jack Flaherty in this race. And, of course, Walker Bueller's name seems to come up before each season as a dark horse contender. And so my dark horses are Flaherty and Walker Bueller. But DeGrom is probably going to win it. Yeah, DeGrom, best pitcher in baseball, most consistent. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, he's literally the definition of consistency. And he's only getting better. He's only throwing harder, only striking more people out. I don't know how he's doing it. I don't want to question it. I don't want too many eyes on him. Just let Jake do his thing quietly. <laughs> AL MVP, a Mike Trout-led award for the better part of a, a half, half seven years of a decade, however long it's been. We take him for granted, so we forget time exactly. Who you guys got in that one? Mike Trout. I, I mean, again, the guy has finished top 10 in MVP voting for the last nine seasons. How can you how can you look at that and not think this guy is going to win? He finishes top 10 every year, especially this year. His team could be a little bit better, like we touched on earlier on the show. I'm going with Mike Trout. I'm actually going to go with Jose Ramirez from Cleveland. He's put up some great numbers in the last few years, and Francisco Lindor has deservedly gotten a lot of credit for the successful Cleveland teams. But now Jose Ramirez, he will have the spotlight on the team. And I, I wouldn't be surprised. No one would be surprised if Trout wins. But um, Jose Ramirez is my pick. Yeah, so the baseball fan in me, my MVP and Cy Young, I'm going to do all in one. I really wanted to be Shohei Otani so badly. Baseball needs this desperately. Like you said it, Justin, uh, again, I think this is the year he puts it all together, does it on both sides for five, six days a week total. It, just the potential and the thought of it is just it, every baseball fan wants it so badly. Everyone wants the Swiss Army knife kind of guy on your team. I really think that this year he's able to stay healthy. I, they might try to sit him an extra game a week just so he, like you guys said, the injury problems, so they're not there, and he can get rested so he can be the best on both sides. So who do you guys got real quick, A.L. Cy Young? A.L. Cy Young, Garrett Cole. I know as a Mets guy and as a Red Sox fan, Stephen, it's tough for me to say it. I mean, Garrett Cole, I mean, the last three years, the guy has been absolutely incredible, and he's finished top five in A.L. Cy Young voting the last three seasons. Ever since he left Pittsburgh, he's just been a man on a mission. And I'm not knocking his numbers in Pittsburgh whatsoever, but they have just gotten so much better. And he's another guy that just keeps on getting better and better. I mean, we saw how dominant he is last year. Shane Bieber gave him a run for his money, a race that could be tight again, but I like Cole. It's tough for me to say Cole, too, as a Dodger fan because of the Astros and uh, Yankees, but... I'm actually going to go Shane Bieber. I think he's going to repeat. He won the 
tri- the pitching triple crown last year, which is insane. I know it was a 60-game season, and he probably wouldn't have kept that up for 162 games, but I think he's going to come close to replicating those numbers. I said, Shohei, I can't disagree with either guy. You said, very quick, Justin, World Series. <sighs> Dodgers uh, absolutely represent the NL. Absolutely. Like we touched on earlier, the only team that could give them a run is the Padres. Dodgers and White Sox. Don't sleep in the White Sox. Kyler. Dodgers, Yankees. Dodgers over Yankees in five. Yeah, I, I'm going to say Dodgers. Uh I like the Dodgers, and I th- I think uh, yeah someone from the AL East. I don't want to say the Yankees. I think if the Blue Jays can get them, I think someone from the AL East for sure. That's all the time we got. A huge thank you to Kyler and Justin. I will be back on Tuesday with a regular wavelength. Thank you guys for joining. Thank you guys for listening. Everyone have a good time.